Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 877-381-3811. Beautiful Friday, where the bunker's located. Beautiful Friday. Meanwhile, the railroad continues on Capitol Hill. You know, this former ambassador, Shikenshi testifies in secret, and then the Democrats issue statements about her testimony. I've never seen anything like this. The same Democrats that wanted 6E grand jury information, the same Democrats who go on and on about transparency, but they hold all their hearings in secret. Then they push out various texts, cherry-pick information, and the media runs with it. The media even creates graphics for them. Graphics. And the big story is that this former ambassador, she says she was forced out by President Trump. Well, I assume that's true. Presidents always pick their own ambassadors. No, no, you don't understand. She was forced out over a period of a year. Who cares? Who cares? Former envoy, the Associated Depressed, defies Trump, testifies he pushed to ouster. Testifying in defiance of President Trump's ban, former U.S. Ambassador to Ukraine, Mary Ivanovich, told House impeachment investigators Friday that Trump himself had pressured the State Department to oust her from her post and get her out of the country. What's wrong with that? She's an Obama holdover. There's nothing wrong with that. Have you heard a single news report that said that she was an Obama holdover? No. A single news report tell you that presidents pick their ambassadors like they pick their U.S. attorneys all the time? That's when elections about. No, you haven't. Now look how this leaks out, though, because they won't give us the transcript or they won't hold public hearings. Yovanovitch told lawmakers investigating Trump's dealings with Ukraine that there was a concerted campaign against her based on unfounded and false claims by people with clearly questionable motives. Now, if this was a truly legitimate impeachment inquiry, not only would this testimony be in public, Not only would the Republicans have a more concerted role in this, but the president's own counsel would be able to question her. But none of that's taking place. Instead, we have leak and coup. Leak and coup. And the media are perfectly fine with being spoon-fed this stuff and then creating graphics and putting them up on the the monitors of your television screens. They don't have a problem with it at all. The diplomat was recalled from Kiev as Rudy Giuliani, who's Trump's personal attorney and has no official role in the U.S. government, pressed Ukrainian officials to investigate baseless corruption allegations 
against Democrat Joe Biden and his son Hunter, who was involved with a gas company there. This is the Associated Press. Baseless corruption allegations against Democrat Joe Biden. I don't ever remember them using phraseology like that. When it came to Don Jr., baseless allegations, or Jared Kushner, or the president himself, why are they baseless allegations? When in fact they're factual allegations. Yovanovitch tested, but this is part of the problem, you see. People who just sit back and read the Associated Press, keep in mind the Associated Press is a wire service, so this information gets out into an enormous number of newspapers and an enormous number of broadcasts. She testified behind closed doors Friday as part of the House Democrats' impeachment investigation. So the media are not protesting the fact that this stuff's behind closed doors. The media are perfectly happy that the Democrats are cherry-picking information and giving it to them. The media are celebrating this, as a matter of fact, with anti-Trump headlines, anti-Trump propaganda... And they're defending Joe Biden. Unfreedom of the press. There it is. The former ambassador says she was fired from her post after insisting that Giuliani's request to Ukrainian officials for investigations be relayed through official channels, according to a former diplomat who has spoken with her. So now we have a former diplomat. She should be questioned in the open. She should be cross-examined in the ocean. There's, uh, open. There should be other witnesses who are brought in by the administration and the Republicans who can, in fact, testify about her. This is the way it's supposed to work, but it's not the way it is working. And as I say, not a complaint at all in the media. They have no problem with this. And then the Associated Press goes on to regurgitate, basically, what the phony whistleblower has to say. And by the way... There is a so-called fact-check operation called PolitiFact. PolitiFact is part of this organization called Pointner. Isn't that the name of it, Rich? Pointer. This is a left-wing operation funded by many left-wing organizations. And they pose as a fact-check. And so when I pointed out that the lawyers for this so-called whistleblower are liberals, that the whistleblower is a liberal and so forth, they decided to do a fact check, apparently. We had wonderful information. Unlike the Democrats on Capitol Hill, this isn't a closed session. I'm wide open on this information. Lots of excellent information put together by, among others, Aaron Klein at Breitbart. And I've linked to this. You can go on Facebook and my Twitter accounts and you can see You can see that this law firm is linked to another organization that has been funded by the left. This organization that was set up in 2017 pulled down some of its own language off its site to try and present itself as nonpartisan or bipartisan. And Aaron Klein went back and even looked at some of their social media posts, including some of these lawyers, which were rapidly anti-Trump. But PolitiFact concludes that what I said was mostly false. Now, why do they do that? Well, they do that so the media picks that up. So that'll be on the Internet forever. They do that to try and question my credibility. But it doesn't affect me. I'm going to plow ahead regardless. It's their credibility that comes in question as they ignore the facts. It's not politifact.
It's left-wing politic BS. Now, who cares why this ambassador was removed? I noticed she wasn't a whistleblower. I noticed she didn't go uh, under the whistleblower statute and file any complaint. What they're doing now is they're gathering up as many disgruntled former Obama officials, disgruntled uh, officials that they can, to try and pile on. In these closed sessions, behind the scenes, where you and I can't see what's going on, we only get the leaked or the released cherry-picked information. It's a disgrace. And I'm sure the newsrooms on Sunday with the Sunday shows are going to raise this concern. I'm sure the press is going to say, we need access to the information. We need to see all the transcripts. Earlier in the week, there was a gentleman, former envoy Ukraine, name is Volker. He testified behind closed doors. They won't release the transcript. But the Democrats, again, cherry-picked texts. And every newsroom in the country, every newsroom in the country put up graphics of those texts. With so-called news people throughout the country saying this is a big problem for the president. When the Republicans are jumping up and down and saying no, the former envoy's testimony destroys Adam Schiff and the Democrats' narrative. And And it underscores what the president's been saying. Doesn't matter. It's not the narrative they want. So the media are perfectly happy with these secret hearings. This is the same Democrat Party three months ago that claimed that 98%, 98 98.5%, 99% of the Mueller report wasn't enough, that they needed 60 grand jury information, and that Attorney General Barr was obstructing justice and obstructing their ability to investigate. These same Democrats are conducting secret hearings. But it's getting worse. And I'll explain in a moment. We'll be right back. You hear me talk about Hillsdale College a lot, about its rigorous classical liberal arts curriculum, about its exceptionally bright and patriotic students. 175 years ago, Hillsdale College was founded with a mission defined by four enduring purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. While many institutions have lost their way, Hillsdale College maintains an unwavering commitment to learning, character, faith, and freedom. I've also talked about the great Dr. Larry Arn, the president of Hillsdale College. It's one of the finest Americans I've ever known. And he explains that these four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom, remain inseparable in the activity of education at Hillsdale College. He says, learning is difficult and takes more than talent. It takes hard work, which requires character. Freedom is essential for learning, but it is fragile and constantly under threat, so its principles must be studied by all for the sake of its defense. At Hillsdale, faith and learning are integrated toward God because he is the first authority. Folks, if you've ever wondered why I love Hillsdale College, now you know. Visit hillsdale.edu, that's hillsdale.edu, for more information. Hillsdale College. Pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. Remember, that's hillsdale.edu, hillsdale.edu. Well, now, uh, in addition to the secret testimony and the leaks or the distribution of cherry-picked information to promote the uh, Democrat narrative... 
the Wall Street Journal and other media outlets are reporting that the so-called whistleblower, that is the partisan Democrat CIA rogue operative, long title but an adequate one, uh, he wants to testify. <laughs> he wants to testify in writing instead of appearing in person. This could be the greatest star chamber ever in an effort to take out the President of the United States. The UK whistleblower at the center of the House Democratic impeachment inquiry wants to testify to Congress in writing instead of appearing in person. The Wall Street Journal first reported that lawyers for the anonymous CIA officer have asked lawmakers if the whistleblower could submit testimony in writing. But the House and Senate Intelligence Committees have not yet responded. The request comes amid Democrats' desire to protect the identity of the whistleblower. You don't get to protect the identity of the whistleblower. We're talking about a constitutional process here. Along with worries over his safety and media scrutiny. Well, we have to protect the President of the United States. I suspect we can protect this guy. And media scrutiny is exactly what this person deserves. You must have the right to confront your accuser. Plus, this particular so-called whistleblower is a partisan. We now know he had a relationship. I say he, it could be she, but I can't keep saying he or she. That he had a relationship with Joe Biden. And he didn't have first-hand information. And there's a lot we need, <coughs> there's a lot we need to know about this whistleblower. All this secret nonsense has to be rejected. And why aren't the Republicans in the Senate objecting to this? Where's Mitt Romney? Where's Ben Sass? Where's Cory Gardner? Where's Susan Collins? Why aren't they objecting to this? You don't have an impeachment inquiry of this sort where the Democrats ram it through, where the Democrats hold secret hearings, where the Democrats release only what they want to release either leak it or openly distribute it to the media? Where the president doesn't even have an opportunity to counter, present his own witnesses? And no, he doesn't have to wait for the Senate trial. That's not the way this is supposed to work. This is not a grand jury. The same Democrats who didn't think the Mueller report was enough and wanted all that grand jury information, apparently, when the shoe's on the other foot and we want information about these hearings... They are not about to release these transcripts. So how is a president to defend himself? He can't. This is a railroad operation, a Soviet-style railroad operation. And there's more. Kerry Pickett at the Washington Examiner. Every day there's more. House Intelligence Committee Chairman Adam Schiff recruited recruited two former National Security Council aides who worked alongside the so-called whistleblower, the CIA whistleblower, at the National Security Council during the Obama and Trump administrations, the Washington Examiner has learned. The Washington Examiner is doing great investigative reporting. Abigail Grace, who worked at the NSC until 2018, was hired in February, while Sean Misko, an NSC aide, until 2017, joined Schiff's committee in August. The same month, the whistleblower submitted his complaint. And I suspect, although I don't know, but I'd like to know, that it was one of these two people that the so-called whistleblower met with on Schiff's staff. 
Look at this incestuous relationship. They had to all know each other. The whistleblower, so-called, was an NSC official who worked with former Vice President Joe Biden and who has expertise in Ukraine, the Washington Examiner reported yesterday. A career CIA analyst with Ukraine expertise, the so-called whistleblower aired his concerns about a phone conversation, as you know. Now, Schiff lied. He initially denied he knew anything about the complaint. (coughs) Excuse me, it's the way it is today, I'm sick. About the complaint before it was filed. Stating on September 17, we have not spoken directly with the whistleblower. We would like to. But it later emerged, of course, that his staff had spoken to the whistleblower. And the whistleblower never told the inspector general. And Schiff never told the Republicans. And Schiff lied to the American people. Now Grace, Abigail Grace, 36, was hired to help Schiff's committee investigate the Trump White House. So she worked at the White House. Now she's hired to investigate the Trump White House. How sleazy is that? That month, Trump accused Schiff of stealing people who work at the White House. Grace worked at the NSC from 2016 to 2018 in U.S.-China relations and then briefly at the Center for a New American Security Think Tank, which was founded by two former senior Obama administration officials. So you have former Obama administration officials, individuals who worked in the Obama White House, were held over and worked in the Trump White House, assisting Schiff. Think about this. The so-called whistleblower worked in the Obama White House with Joe Biden and then overlapped for a period, apparently, in the Trump White House. These people are Benedict Arnold's. They're not honorable. They're not noble. They're not courageous. They're not to be celebrated. They're not appreciated. Using their positions and their political bias to try and take down a president of the United States. And these phony, phony fact-checking operations funded by leftists, like PolitiFact, want you to think this is all on the straight and narrow. It's not. A Schiff aide commented in February, we have hired staff for a variety of positions, including the committee's oversight work and its investigation. Although none of our staff have come directly from the White House, we've hired people with prior experience on the National Security Council staff for oversight of the agencies. They hired, effectively, spies of some sort or another. MISCO 37 worked in the Obama administration as a member of the Secretary of State's policy and planning staff under Deputy Chief of Staff Jake Sullivan, who became Hillary Clinton's top foreign policy official. All Democrats, all the time, a Democrat impeachment inquiry. They've hijacked the House. They've hijacked the impeachment process. They're using former NSC staff to go after the president. I'll be right back. Liberty and learning. In a healthy democracy, these two things are mutually supportive. In America today, however, that bond is broken. To help repair the breach, Hillsdale College has launched the Van Andel Graduate School of Government in the nation's capital. And unlike other graduate programs, Hillsdale teaches politics as a human activity oriented toward justice. 
a series of choices guided in the best case by right principles, but made in ever-changing circumstances that require prudence to achieve the best attainable results. Hillsdale's curriculum combines the careful reading of primary sources and serious historical inquiry. Students learn how to apply the principles of free government and advance the cause of constitutionalism in the context of ever-changing circumstances. Hillsdale's new Van Andel School of Government is a program unlike any other in Washington, D.C. Hillsdale College, pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Mark Levin, the great one. The great one, Mark Levin. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. Now, we're going to have a very important show Sunday, 10 p.m. Eastern, on Life, Liberty, Levin on Fox. The guest is me. I've only done this once before. I'm going to do the entire show. This entire show will be on impeachment and the rogue House of Representatives. I really don't think you're going to want to miss it. So it'll be me for the entire hour. I've done this one before, sitting behind my desk, going through this like Sherman through Atlanta. Boom, 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 boom. And I've also turned up some very, very fascinating information. I don't mean shocking. I mean very historical information that's going to be incredibly useful to you, I believe, as we go through this together. So it's going to be a full hour, a full hour special edition of Life, Liberty, and Levin, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Pacific Time, this Sunday. I really hope you're going to watch. I spent a lot of time on this. That's not why I want you to watch. I just want you to know that I don't just kick my feet up and regurgitate everything you've already heard. Lay out the facts, put it in a context that's understandable. And presented, I think, in a very, very compelling way. So that's this Sunday. Very important. Life, Liberty, and Levin. 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. On Fox. I can't wait for you to see it, as a matter of fact. Now, I've been going through the abuses of the process. The media say, well, it's just Trump trying to draw attention away from the substance of the issues to the process. Ladies and gentlemen... This process is about you and your right to have information, your right to know about witnesses, and your right to know about so-called whistleblowers, and for you to draw conclusions about the knowledge they have or they claim they have, about their credibility or lack thereof. Right now we're being spun. We're being spun by their lawyers. We're being spun by Capitol Hill. We're being spun by the media. When I write a book, I try to go to original sources, original historical sources. I don't want people interpreting stuff for me if I can avoid it. And right now we have people interpreting stuff for us. People who have agendas. Now Schiff hired two people who worked on the National Security Council. One of them worked in the Obama administration. Another one worked in the Obama administration and the Trump administration as a holdover. They're now on the staff. We now know the so-called whistleblower, the CIA operative, is not only a Democrat, but he worked with, with Joe Biden at the Obama White House. This law firm is very liberal, very political, working with another group, a nonprofit group, which is anti-Trump and gets its funding from anti-Trump organizations. 
as Aaron Klein points out beautifully and brilliantly at Breitbart. You see Schiff. Schiff knew all about this so-called whistleblower, lied to the American people, withheld the information from the Republicans. Nancy Pelosi knew about it, too. That's why she called for an official House impeachment inquiry even before the phone transcript was released. And, of course, it's not an official House impeachment inquiry. It's a Democrat Party hijacking of impeachment and the House of Representatives, railroading a president who is not even able to defend himself, to look at the evidence, to question the witnesses. And the media are perfectly fine with this, folks. Perfectly fine with this. It's a process argument, they argue. Process argument. We have mass murderers and terrorists who get more process than this. President is not able to defend himself. He's not able to even see what's going on. Is that what the framers of the Constitution intended? Of course not. And no, you're not supposed to wait for the trial in the Senate. That's in addition to, in addition to what takes place in the House of Representatives. In other words, the President of the United States has a right to fight impeachment. Not just removal, but impeachment. And we spent a lot of time yesterday going on about the Constitution, the constitutional process, reading from Madison's notes at the Constitutional Convention. Mr. Producer's putting those first three segments of the program together for me so we can post them so you can hear them easily. And we'll try and circulate them to other platforms and hopefully they'll consider linking to them so more and more people can have a much better understanding of the constitutional process that involves the president and what the president can do under these circumstances because you don't hear anything about it. All you hear is the House's plenary power, the House can do this, the House can do that. Well, what can the president do? There are things the president can do. Now, in addition to what I've told you already this evening, there's more from the Daily Beast of all places. But this is the sort of news outlet these lawyers and these staffers and these congressmen like to leak to. A left-wing news outlet. New potential whistleblowers are coming forward to the House Democrats' impeachment inquiry. Two congressional sources tell the Daily Beast. In other words, two Democrats. They seem to be emboldened by the actions of the whistleblower whose explosive account of President Trump's phone call to Ukraine President Zelensky about investigating Trump's domestic political rivals, now it's plural, rivals, ignited the impeachment inquiry. Another whistleblower is known to have come forward. The President of the United States asked the President of Ukraine to investigate his domestic political rivals. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you have the transcript. Is that what he said? Can Spencer Ackerman, senior national security correspondent for the Daily Beast, put his ideological point of view aside and write honestly about what the transcript says? Maybe Spencer and the Daily Beast can give us an exact quote from the transcript that says that. Congressional investigators are currently vetting the new accounts they've received for credibility accordingly. Knowledgeable sources, so they're leaking. Knowledgeable sources would not discuss where in the government these new would-be whistleblowers come from, nor what they purport to have to say. So you have these former Obamaites working on the committee. You have Schiff, who's a known leaker and liar. You have these lawyers 
They're not registered Democrats, political fact tells us. What a bunch of idiots they take us for. Of course they're not registered Democrats. That way they can pretend and play the game. It's also unknown if their accounts are as significant as that of intelligent whistleblower whose alarm over Trump's July 25 phone call sparked the impeachment probe. Look, that so-called whistleblower didn't have any information that you and I don't have today. None. It's incredible. This whole thing is based on a hearsay, secondhand document written by somebody who had a relationship with Biden, who went to the Democrats on the Intelligence Committee, who lawyered up, who filed a complaint that his lawyers wrote, a complaint that under ordinary circumstances, given it was hearsay and secondhand, would never have been treated as a whistleblower complaint, sent it to Congress, even though even though the statute does not provide for that because the president is not an intelligence community employee and nor does this matter cover the areas that the statute covers. All, all done in the shadows by the Democrats. By the, Look, you've been around Washington long enough like I have. There are no such things as coincidence. This isn't a coincidence. This is a, a drama. This is choreography, as I keep saying. These are salami tactics, one piece after another, after another, being pushed out, being fed out, drag the president's ratings down, build support for impeachment. You got Romney out there, they know, and other Republicans, Vichy Republicans. We're just waiting for an opportunity to take the president out. People in his own party. Romney is jealous. Romney's upset. There's a big piece today building him up in Politico, how wonderful he is. Hell, he's out there raising money for rhinos who are in these various Senate races. How the criticisms don't bother him. It bounces right off of him. This is what many of these Republicans crave. They crave these... Uh, these pieces in left-wing media outlets, holding them up as wonderful examples. Romney, I guess, has a very short memory about how he was treated when he ran for president. Doesn't much care. He wants a legacy. This isn't about country or constitution. Not for Romney. It's about opportunity. That's right, I said it. It's about opportunity for Romney and people like him. If the president's call was so awful, ladies and gentlemen, we would know it. I've read it to you. I've shown it to you on TV. If it was so awful, we would know it. It's not like we uh, were fools. But it's not. And then we see the media covering up for the Bidens. They have no interest in hunting down Hunter Biden. I've said this for weeks now. Where the hell is he? president's picked up on it too. Where the hell is he? For Don Jr. or Eric, Ivanka, Jared, they'd be hunting him down to the corners of the uh, ends of the earth. Not a word from Hunter Biden. Not an interest in Hunter Biden whatsoever. Nobody really questions Joe Biden about any of this. Nothing. 
And it even worse, the Associated Press calls these false allegations in so many words. What are false allegations? These are facts. What Biden did is a fact. It's a shocking fact, as a matter of fact. I want you to do yourselves a favor. I care about you, and I want you to have a good weekend, a sound mind, not to take it out on your family. Don't watch the Sunday news shows. Don't watch them. If Republicans are on, they're going to attack them. Democrats are on, they're going to slobber all over them. Don't waste your time. You want to do something interesting? Read Unfreedom of the Press. Then you'll know all about what you're dealing with on these Sunday shows and throughout this uh, phony impeachment spectacle. I'll be right back. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale College has provided students with sound learning of the kind essential to preserving our civil and religious liberty. Now, I want to tell you about Imprimus, the free monthly speech digest of Hillsdale College. Imprimus is dedicated to educating citizens and promoting civil and religious liberty by covering important cultural, economic, political, and educational issues. First published in 1972, Imprimus is one of America's most widely read publications in support of liberty. With more subscribers, 3.9 million, than the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times, and recent Imprimus publications have addressed issues like free speech, the regulation of big tech, mental illness, and the American medical insurance system. And because America's founding principles are so important, Hillsdale offers Imprimus absolutely free of charge to anyone who requests it. That's right. You can subscribe to Imprimus for free. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to visit imprimus.hillsdale.edu for your free subscription. That's Imprimus, I-M-P-R-I-M-I-S dot Hillsdale dot E-D-U. Welcome to Hillsdale. What we have here, essentially, ladies and gentlemen, is another cabal of Democrats, Trump haters, and Obama officials working with the press, just like they did in the Russia matter. Another cabal of Democrats and Obama officials and Trump haters working with the press. It's a cabal. Just a different country. And only the media in our country and the Democrats in our country can turn what is a massive Biden scandal into a Trump impeachment. Pretty remarkable, isn't it? James, Louisville, Kentucky, Sirius Satellite, how are you? Fine, Mark, it's an honor to speak with you. Thank you. I'm getting despondent. Where are the Republicans in all this? I mean, they're a no-show. We know Mitch never shows up. But where are Ted Cruz and other people? I don't know. It's a very good question. The only guy... Go ahead. Can we, do the, can we use the tactics of the left in a, you know, a civilized way? Can the Republicans in the House just refuse to show up for any order of business? I don't agree with that. I've heard people say the Republicans shouldn't show up. Well, then how are they going to know what's going on? Are they in the committees, though, in these closed hearings? Yes. Okay. Well, we never hear any leaks from them, do we? Well, we did hear them come out 
when uh, this guy Volcker testified and counter the, uh, the texts that were leaked out by the committee majority. So that was good. I don't know what's going on today. But I don't believe they should uh, say we're not going to participate in this. I think what they should do is use guerrilla tactics and fight these people every step of the way rather than leaving the battlefield. Oh, yes, I, I agree with that. And one final question. Can the Senate refuse to take up articles of impeachment unless it's voted by the entire House? Okay, I've talked about this multiple times, how I would handle it, the way I would handle it. But Mitch McConnell won't, as I'd use the nuclear option. One more time. What I would do is... I would want to dismiss whatever the House uh, sends to the Senate based on a, a number of, of bases, including the fact that they didn't present the, uh, the president with the opportunity to defend himself, and they diverged almost completely from what the House did when it came to Nixon and Clinton. Uh, and uh, what I would do is lay out what we've talked about, and in addition to that, I would say that uh, we want to dismiss this. We need 67 votes according to their rules they, they have in place in the House. And in order to change the rules, you need another 67 votes. And so what you do then is rather than have a straight-up vote, you use the nuclear option, as they call it. What you do when you're the uh, majority leader in the Senate is you, uh, you call up the matter, and then you tell the parliamentarian, you ask them, how many votes do we need if we seek to dismiss these charges against the president? And the parliamentarian will say, you need 67 But here's the trick. You need a simple majority vote to overrule the parliamentarian. That's what Harry Reid did. That's what McConnell did on on Supreme Court justices. And so then you have a simple majority vote of the Republicans. You overrule the parliamentarian, and then you need a simple majority vote to dismiss the charges that come to the Senate. Now, as long as Mitt Romney continues to try and build a small cabal of a handful of Republican senators to take out the President of the United States, this will be difficult. But in my view, you go through the process anyway and you expose these senators so we can rid ourselves of them the next time around. But the Senate cannot give credibility. Cannot give credibility to what the House of Representatives is doing, in my view. It must not give its imprimatur, its stamp of approval, the United States Senate, and become a part of this kangaroo court that was started by Nancy Pelosi, where she's trying to force the Senate to hold a full trial in the lead-up to the general election, as well as the election of the Senate, one-third of the Senate in the full House. It will drag down the entire Republican ticket. They must fight this. All right, James, thank you for your call. We'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, So the... House Intelligence Committee Democrats intend to have many more witnesses, all of which are going to be forced to testify in secret behind closed doors. History will say this is the most corrupt impeachment process ever. The most corrupt 
impeachment process ever, from beginning to what will be the end. There will be books written about this. Too late to do us any good. Maybe six months after the fact, a year after the fact, 50 years after the fact. It will be viewed as the most corrupt impeachment process ever. The media will be viewed in absolute disrepute. Because this is where the media are supposed to really protect the American people, regardless of their own ideological predilections, in terms of abuse of power. This is an absolute abuse of power. If you hear anybody say, well, the House can do whatever it wants when it comes to impeachment, it's not exactly right. There's supposed to be a process, and it, would, it was assumed there would be a process. They're going through the motions. They're going through the motions. The President of the United States, his counsel is not even present to respond to what's taking place. And on the Sunday shows, they're going to be cheerleading all this. Chuck Todd is fundamentally too political, too ideological, and too stupid to even understand what's taking place. If he did, George Stephanopoulos, same thing. Jake Tapper, same thing. They're all Democrats or former Democrats. They all worked for or campaigned for Democrats. Chuck Todd's wife is a Democrat operative. The Democrats coming out of the NSC and the Obama <laughs> officials coming out of the NSC working for the committee. The so-called whistleblower is a sham. Somehow second-hand information hearsay becomes the basis for a whistleblower complaint with newspaper articles. You have them stringing together outrageous allegations. <clears throat> the President of the United States and his staff hid the transcript by putting it in a secure ser- server. When all the President had to do is use executive privilege to prevent it from being released. There's no expectation that it would be released. Didn't matter where he kept it. You have people like Dick Durbin, a complete moron, partisan fool, And others saying it's a violation of the campaign laws, something of value when you ask another country to investigate your political opponent. The Office of Legal Counsel, which passes on constitutional matters in this country, said no, it didn't violate the campaign finance laws. Now, they tried that last time with the non-disclosure agreements. And even the Southern District of New York, hostile to the President of the United States, dropped it because it's ridiculous. But it doesn't matter. They'll piece these things together. You have news operations writing that the, that the Bidens are being falsely accused of corruption and so forth and so on. They don't ask for hearings about the Bidens. They don't want to know anything about Hunter Biden. They don't know where Hunter Biden is, and they have no intention of trying to find out where he is. Nobody does. Unbelievable. And the media today are simply regurgitating what they're told by the Democrats about this former ambassador to Ukraine. Because they weren't there, the transcript hasn't been released, so the Democrats issue press releases and the media are just regurgitating them. I heard it at the top of the hour with these idiotic network news that I have to listen to. 
But I want to move on to another subject right now. And that is Turkey and the Kurds. Mark, we're tired of this. Don't be tired of this. There's new information. But I want to talk about a few things first. I have a lot of friends in this business, and we don't always agree. I get along with most of them, but not all of them. But I hear it being said now, because some knucklehead wrote a column, that you really can't have an ally or an alliance unless you have a formal agreement. Really? Is that true? That's never been true. That's never ever been true. We have aligned with freedom fighters and guerrilla movements throughout our history. Indigenous people in different parts of the world throughout our history without formal alliances or formal treaties or formal agreements. I've never heard of anything so dumb. I've never heard anything so dumb. Then they'll tell you we have a formal alliance with NATO and Turkey and so forth. And what are we going to do? Go to war with Turkey? Who's talking about going to war with Turkey? Now let's start at the beginning here. We needed the Kurds. We needed the Kurds to help us defeat ISIS. They had 11,000 Deaths, helping us and we helping them fight ISIS. In many instances, we gave them air cover when they did a lot of the heavy lifting. We would not have defeated ISIS effectively in this particular part of the world, but for the help of the Kurds. But we didn't have an alliance, they tell us. We didn't have a formal alliance with them. Well, then why did we give them military support? Why were they helping us out of the goodness of their hearts? And they make contrary and contradictory arguments. They say on the one hand, it's only 50 to 100 troops. They can't defend themselves anyway. Then on the other hand, they say, well, we need those 50 to 100 troops. None of that matters. That's not the point. If we don't have the ability to tell a NATO partner not to attack an ally that helped us defeat ISIS, then we have a problem with this NATO partner. And we do have a problem with this NATO partner. What they don't tell you is he's been making nice with Vladimir Putin. What they don't tell you is he bought a missile defense system from the Russians that undermine our F-35 jets, which is why... There's a movement now, including in the administration, not to sell him our F-35 jets. What they don't tell you is he's a genocidal murderer who's taken a democracy that was set up by Ataturk and has turned it into a quasi-Islamic regime and hopes to do even more. And then they tell you, well, that proves he's a nut, so you can't rely on him. These circular arguments are unbelievable. It's not that he's a nut. It's that his interests are increasingly diverging from ours. There's not another NATO ally that would buy a missile defense system from the Russians. Not another. 
This would be the same Turkey that wouldn't allow us to use their airspace or operate from our bases in Turkey during the Gulf War. Does anybody remember that? We had a caller who fought in that Gulf War who told us that. The same Turkey that would not allow us to use their airspace or our bases from which to launch an attack on Saddam Hussein in Iraq. We had to work around Turkey. Anybody remember that? Oh, but we have an alliance with them. We have agreements with them. And then they tell us it's easy for you, Mark, and people like you, you're not on the ground. I have had men call this program who are on the ground. One of them crying almost like a baby who was a medic in that Iraq war and said, we needed the Kurds. We need the Kurds now. And that he gave medical attention to Kurds who were fighting side by side with us. You won't find many combat veterans who fought in Iraq, who have fought recently in Syria with the Kurds who agree with this policy. You won't find many. There'll be a few here and there, but not many. It's the people who sit on their asses here who think they have this all figured out who are the joke. And what about America's interests? We have no interests in Syria, they tell us. Well, we did, and with the Kurds, when we were fighting ISIS. And now we don't. So just abandon them. Well, what are they going to do, send thousands of troops there? Who said that? Put the thumb screws on Turkey. We have the ability to do it. We've done it before. They're the ones that are conducting themselves in an, in an unbelievably outrageous manner. Not the Kurds. It's incredible. It's incredible. We're going to abandon an ally. So this is why last night I said on this program, okay, the administration, the president did what he did. The president also said, if Turkey attacks these people, we're going to put strong economic sanctions on them. In fact, he said, we're going to obliterate their economy. And so last night I said, okay, let's do something. The president made a promise, right? To get us out of these endless wars, everybody said, okay, but he also made this promise. And it sounds like he's moving in that direction. I certainly hope so. Because today, Mnuchin, the Treasury Secretary, has set the foundation for broad sanctions against Turkey. The president signed an executive order authorizing the powers... But the administration will not move yet to punish Turkish individuals or entities after the country's offensive in northern Syria. Still, Mnuchin threatened devastating actions in the wake of Turkey's strikes that the U.S. has condemned. Now, if we're going to be logical about this with the code pink crowd, why would we even put economic sanctions on Turkey? Right? The Kurds aren't our problem. 
We have no national security interests there, they tell us. So why even do that? I assume we're going to hear from the Code Pink Rand Paul wing, the Bernie Sanders wing of the Republican Party, that we shouldn't do this. It's none of our business. What are we doing there? Turkey's an ally. They're in NATO. Why would we put economic sanctions on them for attacking the the Kurds? We don't have any pact, any written agreement with the Kurds. Because that's not the test. It's never been the test. It's an absurd argument. So we pulled these 50 to 100 soldiers out, right? So what happened? Turkey attacked U.S. special forces in Syria, who are not even up against the border. They said it's a mistake. Newsweek, a contingent of U.S. special forces was caught up in Turkish shelling against U.S.-backed Kurdish positions in northern Syria days after President Trump told his Turkish counterpart he would withdraw U.S. troops from certain portions in the area. A senior Pentagon official said shelling by the Turkish forces was so heavy that the U.S. personnel considered firing back in self-defense. Now, the code pink Republicans you've been hearing all this week, they're going to tell you that's our fault because that's what they do, that we shouldn't be there at all. Newsweek has learned through both an Iraqi Kurdish intelligence official and the senior Pentagon official that special forces operating in Mastanur Hill in the majority Kurdish city of Kobani fell under artillery fire from Turkish forces conducting their so-called Operation Peace Spring against Kurdish fighters backed by the U.S., but considered terrorists by them. Instead of returning fire, the special forces withdrew once the shelling had ceased. Newsweek previously reported Wednesday that the current rules of engagement for U.S. forces continue to be centered around self-defense, and no order has been issued by the Pentagon for a complete withdrawal from Syria. Now, the Pentagon official said Turkish forces should be aware of U.S. positions down to the grid. In other words, the United States has told Turkey where our forces are, with great specificity. So these so-called mistakes shouldn't be occurring. They shouldn't be occurring. And so now we have this from the Washington Times. Top U.S. general warns Turkey, we retain the right of self-defense. Top U.S. military officials today warned Turkey that U.S. forces in Syria retain the right of self-defense amid fears that American personnel is still in danger despite the withdrawal of special operation troops from the most dangerous areas along the Turkey-Syria border. Again, Turkey knows exactly where our forces are. They've been told. In a hastily arranged press conference at the Pentagon, Joint Chiefs of Staff General, Chairman General Mark Milley, told reporters he has personally ensured Turkey has explicit grid-coordinated detail of the location of all 1,000 U.S. troops stationed in Syria. He's saying that the Turks have it. We've been in coordination with them. Everyone is fully aware that we are the United States military and we retain the right of self-defense. Our soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines will defend themselves. That's clear and it's unambiguous with anybody. So now, the Code Pink, Rand Paul, Bernie Sanders Republicans, who you've been hearing on TV and radio, what are they going to say? Well, we shouldn't be there. Let's get out. So Turkey went out of its way, in my view, to hit our forces. 
It's a mistake, they said. Maybe they hear the same voices in this country that we do. Maybe they hear the same voices in this country that we do. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. With the daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet, which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, that's BrickHouseLevin.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. A lot of these people position themselves as caring about American troops first and foremost, like others don't. Do they really? Well, tell me, how are we going to build alliances in the future? It's not so clean when you're fighting a war, particularly when you're fighting secret battles that are going on all over the world as I speak. It's not so simple when you need to get spies. And so forth and so on. How does it help our troops all over the world and in future battles and in future wars if we become known as unreliable? It doesn't. So they're not putting American soldiers first. This is called situational ethics. I'll be right back. Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. Mark 
Levin, making conservatism great again. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. Rather than watching the uh, Sunday shows, the Sunday news shows, you might want to worry about cyber thieves. Now, what am I talking about? Cyber thieves are stealing American homes. Guess where your home's legal title and mortgage documents are kept? Online, wide open for everybody to see. Your signature and everything thieves need to take over ownership of your home is available easily online. Here's what they do. Thieves forge your name off the title, then refile the deed so it appears that you sold it. Then they go to unscrupulous lenders and borrow money using your home's equity. Then they disappear and stick you with the payments. And your equity is gone. Banks, insurance, and identity theft programs don't protect you from this. But Home Title Lock does. Home Title Lock puts a virtual firewall around your home's title and mortgage. And they monitor the black market to see if your home is for sale. Your home's equity is your retirement, your emergency fund. So let me help protect it with 60 risk-free days at Home Title Lock. You go to HomeTitleLock.com, HomeTitleLock.com, enter your address to see if you're already a victim, and also to get you your 60 risk-free days. Defend yourself at HomeTitleLock.com, HomeTitleLock.com. Now, some of you are hearing this. You'll say, all right, I'm busy. I got to eat. It's dinner time. Or, you know, something. Uh, I would do this. I would protect yourself. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. HomeTitleLock.com. All right. Let's take a couple calls here. Let's see what we have here. I don't want to take any of those calls yet. I'm looking at them right now. How about this? Steve Mnuchin, the Treasury Secretary on this issue of sanctions in Turkey. Cut seven. Go. President Trump, and he is authorized and will be signing a new executive order giving the Treasury Department, in consultation with himself and Secretary Pompeo, very significant new sanctions authorities that can be targeted at any person associated with the government of Turkey, any portion of the government. Uh, this will be both primary sanctions and secondary sanctions sanctions that will be applicable. The president is concerned about the ongoing military offensive and potential targeting of civilians, civilian infrastructure, ethnic or religious minorities. And also, the president wants to make very clear, it is imperative that Turkey not allow even a single ISIS fighter to escape. Uh, Again, I want to emphasize at this point, we are not activating the sanctions, but as the president has said, Uh, He will provide very significant authorities based upon the continuing efforts. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I want to salute the president. I think they ought to pull the trigger on this quickly, especially since Turkish forces hit American forces. And they know damn well where we are since they have an entire grid of where our military assets are. I mean, they are supposed to be an ally in NATO, right? But my question to you folks is, if you've been buying the argument that we have no role here anymore, that we don't have any alliance with the Kurds, then why would you support this? Sanctions. Against a NATO ally. Well, you wouldn't. 
if that's your mindset. Cut eight, go. So far, Turkey has not been dissuaded by anything this administration has done or the president has said. What makes you confident that the announcement that you just made is going to change Turkey's Well, I don't, I don't agree with your premise. I'm not going to comment on specific confidential discussions that have been going on on different levels. So uh, I, I don't think that's a good premise. But again, these are very powerful sanctions. We hope we don't have to use them. But uh, we can shut down the Turkish economy if we need to. Mm-hmm. Well... Even Vladimir Putin has said he's very concerned that if this keeps up, there'll be nobody guarding the 10, 11, 12,000 ISIS prisoners since it's the Kurds who are guarding them. And he's put out a warning that he's very worried about this. And we should be too. You know, we lost a lot of people and a lot of treasure capturing these ISIS prisoners. Can you imagine? 10, 11, 12,000 of them are free because Turkey's taking after our allies? Can you imagine? That's unbelievable. Well, I can't. So I hope they'll put these sanctions in place sooner rather than later. This is, as I said, this impeachment issue, the most corrupt impeachment in American history, the whole process. And the media, the most corrupt in certainly American history, modern American history, certainly, maybe in all of American history. And it will be reported that way in history when the time comes. Let's go to Bruce, St. Petersburg, Florida, XM Satellite. Go. Mark, thank you once again for taking my call. I'll be brief and to the point. I recall when we were dealing with the hostage crisis, how the news media every day said day 100, day 101. We on the right need to take control of the language. What we need to start doing is first off not calling it impeachment. What we need, what we need to do is call it day, whatever day it is, of the Democratic Party's coup and the fraud on the impeachment process. We need to call it what it is. It's not an impeachment process. It's a fraud on the process. It's a gross violation. Everybody has their tagline that they want to use in this. I don't call it uh, a House impeachment process. As you know, I've been calling it the Democratic impeachment process or the Democratic coup. Either one works perfectly fine. And um, the problem here is actually much deeper than this. The problem here is we have a Republican Party, in the Senate in particular, that is not defending the president, they're not defending the Constitution, and they're not defending the impeachment process. And I'm very concerned that when this winds up in the United States Senate, it won't be handled properly, including one of the options that I have presented. So time will tell. Thank you for your call, my friend. Jules, Brooklyn, New York, the great WABC. Go. It's a pleasure to talk to you, Mark. I I was going to talk about the impeachment process being a coup also, so I'm going to change subjects now uh, to bore your listeners. just want to tell you, I want to talk about the Biden-Ukraine fiasco. Right. I'm an ex-government employee. I worked for the Treasury. Um, In the 1970s when I started, day one, well, the first week, 
we were lectured on on you can't profit from your position. You can't do things to profit from your position. And you can't, and it includes uh, people in your family profiting from your position. So, uh, you know, just to look at that, I think what he did is, is, is unbelievably treasonous. And um, uh, we even had a, a, a manager. Let me, let, me, let me just say this with respect to your point. Most of these Democrats don't come into office very, very wealthy, but somehow they leave very, very wealthy, or soon after they leave, they become very, very wealthy. Al Gore, I've seen it reported that he's worth $150 million, if you can believe that. The Clintons, at some point, they were, they acquired about a quarter of a billion dollars, I read at some point. The Obamas are worth about $100 million right now. The Bidens are worth multi-millions of dollars. Now, none of these people were rich coming in, into office. And I think this racket with the lobbyists, this racket with who you know, these former government officials and former government staffers and using the uh, networks that they create once they're in office, I think this in part is what they're protecting and one of the reasons they're protecting Biden. Not the primary reason. They're protecting him because they want him to defeat Trump if he's the nominee. But a secondary reason is, I believe this goes on in Washington, D.C. all the time. And the media have absolutely no problem with it unless they can use it against a prominent Republican or a Republican president to bring them down. I I think you're 100% right, but it's systemic. The Republicans are just as guilty. And I don't know how to correct the system. You know, uh, Bob Dole working for Communist China as a lobbyist really got me crazy. He did? I didn't even know that. Yes, Bob Dole did. And that got me really crazy. I seem to recall Trent Lott worked for a Russian bank at one point. Maybe still. I don't know. These guys, anything for a buck. And, you know, uh, but it's amazing how the focus has taken off the Bidens, how the Associated Press and these other media, let's say, well, that was investigated. It's over. Let me ask you a question, sir. Has there been a single congressional hearing, any committee, House, Senate, Republican, Democrat, on Hunter and Joe Biden? There hasn't been one. No, he, he says. So, he- so what has been investigated exactly? Has the United States Attorney's Office or the Public Integrity Section of the Criminal Division of Maine Justice investigated Hunter or Joe Biden? No. So what do they mean this has been investigated? It wasn't investigated. You know, uh, uh, I worked for the IRS, and when I saw what Lois Lerner did, my head spun around. Um, I dealt with IRS counsel a lot in my work, and when I saw the questions that were asked to the Republicans... Tea Party uh, groups. Yeah, because they were in exempt organizations. I just knew it was all counsel-driven, and if it's counsel-driven, it was chief counsel in Washington, and it was right through the White House. And by the way, the media didn't care about that either. <clears throat> not, all right, not. my friend, I appreciate your call. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. Yeah. 
If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. Bob Dole's law firm actually supports Taiwan, not Red China. So I want to thank my man uh, Spiridon for checking on that. Um, we want to get our facts straight here, if we can. It's uh, enforced compliance season, ladies and gentlemen. If you owe the IRS, you need to take action because the IRS can garnish your paycheck, seize your bank account, and put a lien on your home. Don't wait until it's too late. Call Optima Tax Relief while you still have options. And they've resolved over a billion dollars in tax debt for folks like you. And Optima will step between you and the IRS, fighting on your behalf to help stop the demand letters and aggressive collection actions so you can get back to your life. No one is more skilled at solving tough IRS problems than Optima Tax Relief. Call now and ask about the Fresh Start Initiative, one of the biggest breaks the IRS has ever offered. If you qualify, you could save thousands, and you deserve a fresh start. Call Optima now for your free consultation, 800-499-6300, 800-499-6300, that's 800-499-6300. All right, let's see who we have here. <coughs> I apologize. We have Patsy, New Bern, North Carolina, the great WBT. Go! Yes, I'm here. Yes, ma'am. Uh, Go right ahead. I think you're one of the smartest people on TV. I get all my knowledge about what's going on in politics and everything about you. I've been watching politics since 1952 wow. when General Eisenhower was running. So I've been into the real information. I like to hear facts, not what I think. And Thank your you. program deal with facts. Thank Somebody you. need to put a program together. So the Democrats and, and the people that who are, are flakeheads can learn to accept the next election because Trump will win again, mm-hmm. no matter what they do, because when God is in charge of something, nobody can destroy it. And the way they talk about Trump, 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 24 hours every single day, mm-hmm. it's making people that didn't think Trump was a good person, but they're relating him to Jesus. <laughs> so they can keep on doing what they're doing, and he will be reelected. But one thing that we could do or somebody can do to uh, get them to concentrate on something else, mm-hmm. if um, Trump's five kids are, um, if, if Don Jr., Eric, Jerry, yeah, and all the um, kids. his daughter, 
Yeah, if and, they do and what? His daughter-in-law, Larry, if they would run for office in oh. whenever, a Senate or Republican or whatever, just run for something, even though they may not want it, but they give them distraction because they are afraid that if Donald Trump is successful, one of his kids may follow behind him. All right, Patsy. Appreciate your call. What Patsy said up front reminds me of what my father told me some time ago. And I've related this to you in the past. He and my mother voted for Barry Goldwater in 1964. Now, most Jews didn't vote for Barry Goldwater. In fact, a great deal of America didn't vote for Barry Goldwater. And they were a young couple living in a basement apartment in Philadelphia. You know, trying to make ends meet. My dad is a quasi-commercial artist. They were trying to start a little nursery school and day camp, which, of course, today you wouldn't be able to do. And I said to my father, you know, given all the attacks on Barry Goldwater, given all the things that were said about him, why did you vote for Barry Goldwater? And my dad said to me, without even thinking about it, I knew all the, I'll say crap, but he said, I knew all the S, all the crap they said about him couldn't be true. And I liked the guy, so I voted for him. I wonder if there's some of that going on with respect to Donald Trump. Because if you didn't know anything and you're watching Donald Trump, you're watching a guy who is trying to defend himself, trying to defend his country, who is under constant attack by the media, by academia, by the Democrats. And at some point, you just root for the underdog. Now, I know he won the presidency, but at some point, you root for the guy who's who's taken on the world because the world's trying to destroy him. I'm hoping there's a lot of people thinking like that out in the country. One of the facts that is, that, that's helpful is that the public really cannot stand the press. So while the press is overwhelmingly hostile to this president, the public do not trust the press. And so hopefully, hopefully that logic will follow its way right through Election Day. I see all these polls about whether or not you support the impeachment of the president. And some of them are really bastardized polls. You know, one of them had 48% Democrats, so it was really weighted against the president. But I don't see other polls being taken. Like, do you believe this is a fair impeachment process? Do you believe that witnesses should be giving testimony in public? Do you believe that the president should be able to, the president should be able to have his lawyers involved in the process? Do you believe the president's lawyers should be involved in examining the witnesses? I mean, there's a lot of questions that can be asked in polls that are not asked in polls. But the questions themselves are partisan. They are, they are representative of the media and Democrat Party mindset. Now, I wrote this book on freedom of the press for a reason. So we would understand that they're one and the same. And you now have hosts who never before in their careers are calling out Democrats in the press or the Democrat media. 
That's thanks to unfreedom of the press. Those of you who've read it, half a million of you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So we've had some effect, and that's a positive thing. I'll be right back. Here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. 3811, don't forget, very, very important special edition of Life, Liberty, and Levin this Sunday, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Uh, I am the guest. There is no guest. I spend the entire hour going through the rogue House of Representatives in the impeachment. I think you'll learn a lot of new things. I did some research and found some very interesting things, and I think it'll help the case. So, uh, I hope you'll check it out this Sunday, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. It's a very unique program. It's the only program of its kind on television. Steve Kerr is a leftist, as you know, and he is a basketball coach, as most of you know, and he doesn't have a lot of kind things to say about our country. And he's not the only one. And I can't stand this guy. I cannot stand him. And he was asked by a reporter yesterday to continue our geopolitical discussion here in all the years that you've gone to China and the team's gone to China. Has it ever come up that the NBA's business interests in China are at odds with a country whose human rights record is not in step with the United States? Here's what he said. Um, it has not come up in terms of people asking me about it, uh, people discussing it. Um, no. Nor has uh, our record of, of human rights abuses come up either. You know, um, things that our country needs to look at and resolve, um, that hasn't come up either. So none of us are perfect, and we all have uh, different let, 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 Let's just hold on a second. With this dumbass. None of us are perfect. I don't know. Do we have two million people in gulags. Being raped and tortured. Indoctrination camps. This guy is, uh, is unbelievable. Are we shutting down churches? Ripping out the Ten Commandments. And instead having the, 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 the sayings of Chairman Xi put on the wall. Are we monitoring everybody's every move in order to have a social credit system to determine who gets rewarded or not? This, this is really incredible to me. Absolutely incredible to me. Go ahead. I have to get to. And saying that is my right as an American doesn't mean that I hate my country. It means I want to address. No, things. you do hate your country. When you were asked about China, you attacked your own country. You didn't have the courage to deal with China because they're lining the pockets of the NBA and the players and the coaches. 
and you're self-censoring because China's reaching into this country and punishing people who don't comply. You do hate your country. The way you, you genuflect in attacking our country and basically you're leaving China alone. You're, you're, you're repulsive to me. You're disgusting. Go ahead. But people in China didn't ask me about, uh, you know, people owning AR-15s and mowing each other down in a mall. Now, people own AR-15s in this country, and they don't mow each other down in a mall. There are people who are evil, some people who do that sort of thing. But 99.999999% of Americans don't do that sort of thing. We're talking about governments mowing people down. We're talking about governments harvesting organs while people are alive. This guy is incredible. Go ahead. I wasn't asked that question. So we can play this game all we want and go on. It's not a game, a-hole. A lot of people are suffering as a result of this. A lot of people who can't get out of China. Anybody can leave the United States. This game all you want. Look at the moral relativism applies to our country with China. Mr. Producer, I want you to invite Coach Kerr on my program, okay? Let's see if he comes on. Let's see if Coach Kerr will come on this program. So we can play our game together. He's a genius, right? He's a genius. He's a, he's a real strategist at his game. Let's see if he comes on this program. He's got all the facts, no question about it. Doesn't he sound smart to you folks? Go ahead. You know, there's this issue and that issue, and um, the world is a complex place, and there's more gray than black and white. You know, I can hear this guy. I can hear people like him. I'm quite serious. The lead up to the Civil War, they wanted a compromise. Missouri compromise, other compromises. Can't we compromise on this issue of slavery? We've got to find a way out of this. Can't we compromise on the issue of China's genocide? Can't we compromise on that? It's a complex issue, you know. You know what, folks? Some things are right and wrong and black and white and quite simple. And very simple. The problem is China has bought off most of these people. It's bought off the NBA. It's bought off Nike. Now they're all relying on China as a market. There's certain things that are wrong. Genocide is wrong. Whether it's slavery, whether it's the Third Reich, or what's going on in China. This is what I said to you the other day. It should really underscore how important these heroes are during these times of tyranny. In these various countries, in these various regimes, at different points in in mankind's history. These are remarkable people who stand up to this sort of thing. There's not a single coach in the NBA who has stood up to any of this. There's not a single player in the NBA who stood up to any of this. None that I'm aware of. Not one. 
There's no Kaepernick in reverse. You can stand up against our country, attack our country, all you want. There's no consequence. It's simple. Then you celebrate it as a hero, as brave. But the real heroes, those who are really brave, no, no, they stand up to true tyrannies. <laughs> and they pay a price. And not just a financial price. So there we know the NBA is filled with cowards and frauds who talk about social justice and don't mean a damn word of it. Not a damn word of it. As Charles Barkley said, complete moron, he doesn't blame the NBA and the players. There's billions of dollars at stake. Really? Really? All the tyrannies in history? Is that your answer? Because that's an excuse. That's an excuse. Tell me, Charles, do you hear those people screaming from the, from the gulags? The women being raped? The forced harvesting of organs? The torture? The executions? you hear those people, Charles? You don't hear those people, do you? Well, they're screaming out. They're screaming out by the tens of thousands. You don't hear them, Charles. You don't hear them, Steve Kerr. You don't hear them, NBA. Because there's billions of dollars at stake. Besides, it's easy to trash your own country. That have made you multi-millionaires. That have made you famous. That have made you comfortable. So you can sit on your butt and trash your own country when somebody asks you about communist China. They all disgust me. Where's Kaepernick today? Is he taking a knee against China? No. Of course not. I'll be right back. Mike Pompeo today addressing this issue of China in the Xinjiang region. And this is the region where most of the horrors are taking place. And it's also the region where they play their basketball games, just so you know. Go ahead. The Chinese Communist Party is detaining and abusing more than one million Uyghur Muslims in internment camps in Xinjiang, the western region of China. The pages of George Orwell's 1984 are coming to life there. I wish the NBA would acknowledge that. No. Can't do that. There's billions of dollars at stake. There's modern-day slavery taking place in China. Modern-day slavery. Slave labor. It's the least of it. We talk about slavery in America, which is a thing of the distant past. There's slavery taking place today in China. These are players, for the most part, who won't go to the White House and visit the president. These are players, for the most part, who badmouth the president. A number of coaches do the same thing. They can protest when there's nothing to it. In fact, when they get accolades. 
when it comes to costing them some money and taking on a real totalitarian regime with the consequences are life and death, they're silent. ESPN, same thing. The vast majority of sportscasters, same thing. Same thing. They've undermined all their credibility on social issues as social activists and progressives. All their credibility. They truly have. It's appalling. 1984, George Oil. He's not kidding. It's that and worse, quite frankly. Much worse. You know, I talk about Hillsdale College a lot, about its rigorous classical liberal arts curriculum and its exceptionally bright and patriotic students. You know, 175 years ago, Hillsdale was founded with a mission defined by four enduring principles. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Now, while many institutions have lost their way, Hillsdale College maintains an unwavering commitment to learning, character, faith, and freedom. I've also talked many times about their great president, Hillsdale's Dr. Larry Arne, not only one of the finest Americans I know, a very good friend. He explains that these four purposes, learning, character, faith, freedom, remain inseparable in the activity of education at Hillsdale College. And he says learning is difficult and takes more than talent. It takes hard work, which requires character. He says freedom is essential for learning, but it is fragile and constantly under threat. So its principles must be studied by all for the sake of its defense. At Hillsdale, faith and learning are integrated toward God because he is the first authority. If you ever wonder why I love Hillsdale College, now you know. I think it would be nice if all these basketball players would attend a course or two. That would be a good thing. Hillsdale College, pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. Learn more. Go to levinforhillsdale.com. Levinforhillsdale.com. L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Let's go to Brian in Moses, Washington, a trucker on XM Satellite. How are you, sir? Hey, Mark. Thank you for taking my call. You got it. Uh, hey, I called with the initial issue of accountability, and I'll be completely honest with you. While I've been on hold, listening to your commentaries on hold, you have been enlightened me considerably on the root of the democratic issue when it comes to accountability. There was an old saying that goes, follow the money. Well, for decades, our country has literally, our country's integrity has literally been sold by previous administrations. And now Trump comes in here and he's not playing ball with them. He's not being a good boy with them and patting their pockets and they hate him for it. Mm-hmm. And it just irritates me how... The Clinton administration, I served under Bill. I I did 92 Desert Storm. And my dad worked as a GS-14 at the government printing office during his administration. My dad ate with Byrd and Rockefeller in D.C. To sit here and watch how 
our society has literally just swept what they've gotten away with under the rug for so many decades is highly disturbing. All right, my friend, and I appreciate your service very, very much. You take care of yourself. Kevin, Laredo, Texas, XM Satellite, go. F. Levin, thank you for taking my call. Thank you, sir. Wish, Good old days. I, I, wish, I, I wish you felt better. I can tell you're a little down. I, you know, you don't have that. I love it when you're all fired up and, you know, just <laughs> ripping people's heads off. Wait I, till Monday. Makes my... <laughs> well, anyway, hey, uh, and also I want to thank you. You know, I've been reading a lot of Alexis de Tocqueville for the past week or two, and, man, that guy just, he everything he wrote, he could write today, couldn't he? Oh, yeah, just you're about. exactly right. Just um, um, amazing. You know, uh, anyway, anyway, you were you and a caller were talking about uh, uh, how the, the, how all these politicians pad their pockets and nothing happens to them. And you said, you know, they won't go after, uh, you know, they only use it to go after prominent Republicans. You were close. I hate to critique you, but, you yeah. know, prominent Republicans, yeah, they, they only go after the Republicans who are against the government, right? Because it's a payoff for the government, Mark. I mean, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but you've taught us about the Leviathan of the of the uh, bureaucratic state, right, that has its tentacles into every aspect of our life. We can't do anything that the government doesn't have some say-so in it, unless you can run out in the middle of a, you know, some the woods in Montana where nobody, and maybe you can get away with something for a little while. But but it's a payoff. They never, look look at uh, Mitch McConnell and his deal with China. You think Mitch McConnell's going to come out against China, have any bad words against China? You think he's ever going to be investigated? He, gun- he says things now and then, but he's mostly been pretty soft on China because his uh, in-laws have made a fortune off that government. Thank you for your call, my friend. Mark, quickly, Las Vegas, Nevada, the great K-Don, go. Hey, Mark, I just wanted to tell you I am a, uh, I'm a liberal that listens to your show, and Thank I you. really enjoy it. And Thank I, you. you know, I appreciate hearing counterpoints that make sense and uh, can speak to me. And I just wanted to say that, begrudgingly, I, uh, I give uh, Trump a lot of credit for how he's dealt with China, because uh, China has certainly had their way with us for many years, and I think his stand on trade <clears throat> is necessary and strong and comes at the right time. And I... I wanted to commend you for your stand against the NBA because where are Popovich and Kerr right now when they speak out against all these human rights everywhere else? You're, you're, you're right on, Mark. I want you to call another time, too. I'd love to explore these issues and others with you one day. Thank you, sir. We'll be right back. Logic that allowed by law. The Mark Levin Show. Call now at 877-381-3811. Greg Jarrett is a well-known regular guest on Hannity on the Fox News Network. He's written a great book called Witch Hunt, the Story of the Greatest Mass Delusion in American Political History. How are you, sir? I'm well. It's a uh, it's, uh, shadow of your brilliant book on freedom of the press, but I appreciate you having me on. Well, you're very kind, but it's a very different book, and it's a very, very important book. Chapter and verse of what they've been trying to do to this president, and they're still trying to do to this president. Now, the book has a lot of fascinating chapters in it, as a matter of fact, but here's what I want to discuss with you briefly. You talk about collateral damage collateral damage. What do you mean by that? 
Well, the perfect example of collateral damage is General Michael Flynn, who was ambushed by Comey and McCabe under the pretext of the phony Logan Act, uh, which is a fallowed law, unconstitutional. Nobody's ever been fully prosecuted under it. It's about 200 years old. But they nevertheless uh, hoodwinked Flynn into agreeing under false pretenses to an interview. It was a setup. They went in there with Peter Strzok and another one of his cohorts, and they thought they would entrap him in a lie. But when they walked out, they concluded he was telling the truth. They wrote it in their FBI 302 report. And so the whole scam to damage Trump uh, really didn't work with Michael Flynn. The FBI dropped the case. Bob Mueller, as special counsel, in his determination to get Flynn to lie about Donald Trump, decided to go after Flynn with a vengeance. Even though he told the truth, he charged Flynn with lying. And Flynn eventually threw in the towel because he went broke, had to sell his house. And they threatened to prosecute his son under a FARA violation that few people are ever prosecuted for. And so he really was collateral damage, this wonderful three-star general who'd served his country, had never made much money. He is the perfect example of collateral damage. It's unconscionable, it's unprincipled, what Bob Mueller and his team of partisans did. Now, you, we're not going to have time to walk through the whole thing, but you really do cover this beautifully, and it's very well written, and people want to see original sources. You have the book sourced beautifully, too. The media witch hunt, this one is particularly interesting to me, Chapter 6. Explain that. Well, let me begin by quoting you. You said social activism, progressive groupthink, Democratic Party partisanship, opinion propaganda is all these days passed off as news, and you're absolutely right. So my chapter, The Media Witch Hunt, explains how the media became witting accessories to the Russia hoax and the witch hunt. 54 pages filled with examples of how journalists routinely engaged in grossly reckless reporting. They committed repeated acts of media malpractice almost on a daily basis. So eager to accept as gospel all these endless intelligence leaks, they assumed they were accurate and truthful, or they knew they weren't, but they didn't care. They reported them without corroboration or vetting. And they embraced the phony dossier as if it were scripture. They paid no attention to what Clinton did, devoting all of their scrutiny to what Donald Trump actually did not do. He did not collude with Russia. So, you know, reporters these days, Mark, are so riven with bias, as you point out, easily exploited. And they became witting accessories to the witch hunt. They drove the conversation nationally and the narrative that Trump had committed the most noxious crime in American history, a treasonous conspiracy with Vladimir Putin hatched in the bowels of the Kremlin, and it was all a pernicious lie. Now this voice, ladies and gentlemen, Greg Jarrett, is familiar to most of you. This is a great book, Witch Hunt, the story of the greatest mass delusion in American political history. I've linked to it on Mark Levin Facebook, Mark Levin Show Facebook, Mark Levin Show Twitter. 
You can go right to Amazon.com. I want to strongly encourage you to get a copy of this book. This coup, this attempted coup, that's what it is, isn't it, Greg? Oh, it really is. And let me give you an example of this. Rod Rosenstein appointed Bob Mueller as special counsel in an act of vengeance, not because the evidence or law merited it. He felt he was being harshly criticized for the engineering of uh, the firing of James Comey, and he blamed Donald Trump for it, so he retaliated against the president, uh, getting back at him. Uh, And when confronted over his abuse of power in naming a special counsel, Rosenstein cowers behind his desk and he blubbers, am I going to get fired? I mean, think about that. This is a guy who only cares about himself. He doesn't care that he put the nation wrongfully through a 22-month nightmare that ended up demonstrating there was no criminal collusion conspiracy. And the odd thing about it is that, as I write in the book, Mueller actually knew almost immediately there was no collusion conspiracy. There's a pivotal meeting March 5th, 2018, a year before the Mueller report comes out. Mueller admits there's no collusion, but he refuses to drop the case. And this angry shouting match ensues in which Trump's lawyer John Dowd is pounding his fist on the table and yelling at Mueller about his threat to go to a federal court and said, you've got nothing, go ahead, I can't wait for you to try. So, you know, this bookmark really takes people behind the scenes and exposes the lie that precipitated the witch hunt and the malevolent acts and insipid deceptions of all of the people involved, Comey, McKay, Peter Strzok, John Brennan, uh, James Clapper, the whole gang. It's interesting because I just learned a few things for the first time just in this short conversation about John Dodd and so forth. Oh, yeah. Now, let me, let me ask you about this. The Mueller report. The Mueller report was supposed to be the end-all and be-all. It was supposed to finish off the president of the United States. What was the outcome? The outcome was no crimes, no offenses, uh, clearly no collusion. But the interesting thing, and I write about this in Chapter 5, the longest chapter in which I dissect all of the Mueller report, uh, Mueller and his team of partisans decided they would invert the burden of proof and reverse the presumption of innocence, which is an insane legal standard that doesn't even exist. And they did it for the sole purpose of smearing Donald Trump in the hopes that a Democratic-controlled House would move expeditiously for impeachment. Uh, and, in, and, of course, they, they have been trying, and now Ukraine witch hunt is, is their latest impeachment avenue. Yeah, and, and it's really the same tactics in many ways, isn't it? Oh, it absolutely is. I mean, you have this group of powerful, unelected officials in what I call the malignant force. Other people call it the deep state. And they're working in concert now uh, with people in Congress, the Democrats, Nancy Pelosi, Adam Schiff, Jerry Nadler, uh, Elijah Cummings, all of them. And they are bound and determined to destroy the president reverse the election results and remove him from office, and they will stop at nothing to accomplish it. 
And Greg, they're having secret testimony, which I've never even heard of before in a case in, in, in an impeachment situation. And they're putting out snippets. They're either leaking them or putting them out, and the press runs with them. They do not want the president's lawyers to be able to confront the accuser, who had nothing but secondhand information. This is really, he's right, it's a kangaroo court. They're really railroading the president, aren't they? It's an obliteration of one of our cherished principles in the Constitution, due process. And you have talked eloquently at great length about this, but you're right. You know, look, the Supreme Court has said there must be due process in congressional investigations. The Supreme Court has specifically said this includes impeachment proceedings, and yet they are depriving this fundamental right uh, for, for Donald Trump. Secret witnesses, threatening witnesses with obstruction, telling them they can't have legal counsel present. They're hiding and concealing evidence uh, from the other side. I mean, they're trampling on a very important right, and I was glad to see the president's office of legal counsel say, enough is enough. You want to take us to a federal court? Fine. Judges care deeply about precedent. You're violating precedent as well as due process. You know, your book really wasn't finished till June or July, and you, you all published it fairly quickly, didn't you? We did. Um, I wrote it in five months, but that's seven hours a day, seven days a week of writing. Uh, and then we had about two months' worth of uh, edits and updates. The last thing I did before uh, I submitted the manuscript was sit down in the Oval Office with the president for more than an hour to to get his thoughts about all of this. And his quotes are throughout the book. His insights are throughout the book. Uh, and, you know, one of the most amazing parts of it, and people will have to read it, but he essentially told me that Mueller lied to him in that pivotal, you know, Oval Office conversation the day before he was named as special counsel. That was a setup. Mueller had already agreed to be special counsel. So why was he there? Was it part of a scheme to secretly gather evidence that a special counsel he could use against Trump? Did he lure the president uh, into a conversation under false pretenses? Did the president explain his reasons for firing Comey, which therefore made Mueller both a fact witness and the prosecutor, Mm -hmm. which is never allowed? So, you know, all of this, uh, I think, stinks of corruption, and I try to expose it in my book, Witch Hunt. Well, it's a great book. You're a wonderful patriot. I want to thank you for everything you're trying to do to save this republic. The book is Witch Hunt, the story of the greatest mass delusion in American political history. I want to strongly encourage you to get your copy right now. You can go to Amazon.com. Go to my social sites, Mark Levin Show Facebook, Mark Levin Show Twitter. And you're going to appreciate this book, or you can give it as a gift. Greg, thank you, my friend. Much appreciated. Thank you. I I try to follow your lead whenever I can, (laughs) so I'm honored to be on your program. Thanks so much. It's an honor. Thank you. And we'll be right back. You know, it's hard to be distracted about what's going on. 
or to be engaged about what's going on. But there are other things going on, too, that will affect your life. Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats, well, they haven't given up on their plan to socialize medicine. And they hope you won't be paying (laughs) very much attention when they claim that international price indexing is the answer to low drug costs. Because what international price indexing really does is shift our healthcare system, this is important, from a care-based model to a European cost-based model. All this compassion they talk about has nothing to do with compassion. But a cost-based system is the reason Europe lags so far behind in cancer survival rates. A cancer patient in the U.S. has access to more cancer treatment drugs than anywhere in the world because our incentive-based competitive free market provides the enormous investments needed to develop these life-saving and life-improving drugs. Cost-based systems focused on cost first instead of care. When care is a lower priority than cost, the result is rationing, waiting periods, and denied access to cutting-edge drugs. Now, do we really want to adopt a system where Washington bureaucrats can deny the treatment you or your family members need because they determine it's too costly? Well, that's what's happening all over the world except here. International price indexing. It's another unhealthy distraction that we don't need. You can get the facts. Go to truehealthcarefacts.com, truehealthcarefacts.com. That's truehealthcarefacts.com. You know, there's a lot more I wanted to get into today, but I try not to rush this program and just run through the various issues. A couple of court rulings against the president that are outrageous that I wanted to discuss with you as well. And yet a dissent in one of those decisions, which is absolutely brilliant. And maybe we'll circle back on Monday and go through some of these issues since they affect your lives and they affect the president, including his tax returns. Every Friday in your honor. Okay, here we go.
forget, folks, a special edition of Life, Liberty, and Levin, 10 p.m. Eastern this Sunday on Fox. Please don't miss it. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, and all those people who protect us. Thank you. Good night, Spritey. Good night, Griffey. Good night, Pepsi. Good night, Smokey. Good night, Zelda. Good night, Gigi. In America, you take care of yourselves. We have a big fight ahead of us. Be with your family. Forget about these Sunday news shows. Good night, Dad. Good night, Mom. And good night, Leo. And God bless you all. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.